Hello, 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 everyone, and welcome to the Mind is the Matter podcast, where we will be expanding our minds to its fullest potential, bringing it to its peace, and healing and loving ourselves along our journey. I am your host, Alyssa, so let's get started. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Mind is a Matter podcast. I'm Alyssa, and today I have a really special guest who is my friend Jade. I'm going to let her introduce herself. Hi, I'm Jade. I'm really excited to be here and share my story with all of you. Yes, I'm so excited. Okay, just to give like a full disclosure, this this episode might trigger some of those who do have a past with sexual assault, rape, um, <clears throat> suicidal thoughts, just all of those things. And combined, if you those topics are triggering for you, I would definitely recommend just skipping this episode. Um, but other than that, keep on listening. So today's today's episode is titled "I Asked for This: A Woman's Rape Story." And of course, to start this episode out, I'm gonna have a quote from the Motivation app, and it's crazy because I literally like just I, I like showed her this quote, and it was like the first thing that popped up when I opened up the app. So I was like, "This is perfect." I'm like, "We were meant to like talk about this today." So. Today's quote is, your old chapters no longer define you. They empower you to create a beautiful new story. Oh, I love that. That was like really good. Yeah, I love that one too. So go ahead and kind of just, uh, if you want, just to start from the beginning, like where everything started. Because like overall, like, you know, no matter where, like what your past has, you know, caused you, what trauma it's caused you, you know, what other people inflicted on you. I feel like that truly shouldn't define you as a person. I feel like that should, if anything, it should empower you. It should make you look at yourself in a different lighting and be like, you know what? Wow. Like I came this far. Like I did, I went through that, but it didn't break me down. It didn't make me feel like I was less of a human. Like, of course, in certain aspects, like, you know, when things like that happen to us, we always ask ourselves, like, you know, of course, why did this happen to me? Like, I don't understand what could have I done, especially at a young age. You know, sexual assault is something that should never be played with, that should never be taken lightly at all. Like, it's very serious. It's very important. And it should be spoken on enough. And it should be, you know, Luna, I'm sorry, y'all. Luna just be thinking that she's a star of the show. <laughs> God, she definitely is. I swear to God, she really thinks like I. (laughs) But no, like I said, like you know, it's always important to make it known that if something like that has happened to you, if you were a victim of sexual abuse or someone who assaulted you, raped you, took advantage of you without your consent, always make that known to somebody because that that's something that does need to be shed to light and. I understand how hard that must be for someone to truly open up. So, like, I'm really appreciative that, you know, Jay's here to talk about, you know, what she's endured in her life and her past and what's genuinely happened to her. So hopefully, you know, those who are listening that have been, you know, have been rape victims, who have been molested, who have been taken advantage of, can truly take what's in this episode today as a power strive to really speak on your story don't be ashamed of it don't treat yourself as if what happened to you that makes you less of a person because you're not less of a person just because that happened to you that was completely out of your control but don't feel in a way that because you hid it from the world because you hid it from people that truly care about you that makes you any less because you know that's your story at the end of the day you know like that is your story 
that you know that it makes you who you are but it doesn't define exactly who you are like that assault to you doesn't that does not encapsulate your entire being and you know where you're going to end up so without no further <laughs> uh, without further ado i'm gonna go ahead and pass on the mic mind you i'm only ha- i only have one mic <laughs> so like if you guys hear me like kind of far away um we're just like switching back and forth the mic until i'm like i'm ordering another second mic so that way when i have when i have guests on the podcast you know we can kind of you can hear both of us a little bit more crisp and clear so that way you guys aren't having issues like hearing both of us so i'm gonna pass on the mic again like i said if you have any triggering to these sort of topics please just go ahead and just skip this episode and just be uh, prepared for the next episode of this week so other than that let me go ahead and get into this episode So before I say anything, I just want to iterate that this is my story, this is my healing process, and that even though every story can be similar, unfortunately, many are the same. However, every healing process is different and unique and personal. This is just my unique and my personal healing process. I want to start off with the first encounter that I had, which was I was molested as a child by my grandfather, someone who I trusted. And I know that as a child, when you love somebody, you want to do whatever you can to please them, do whatever you can to make them happy. I am guilty of definitely being a people pleaser, especially when it comes to the people in my family. And it is one of the things that led me to being vulnerable to these kinds of attacks and this kind of grooming, this kind of um, this kind of abuse. And from something that happened to me so young as a child, it's carried on to my, to my life as an adolescent, my life as a young adult, and I will probably carry with me for the remainder of my life. I loved this man. I loved him so much. He was everything. I didn't have a very good relationship with my other grandparents, and he was the only one that I did. He was very, very important to me as a child. And he was important to my mom as well, which just pushed the, this is okay. He wouldn't do anything to hurt me. He wouldn't do anything to take advantage of me. Mind you, I was also six years old. So I had a very innocent mindset as a child. And when I got older, I started to feel more insecure in my trust with not only people outside of my family, but especially within my family, especially after I finally came forward about my abuse. And then I learned that he had been accused before by members of our family. And I want to say generational abuse is not okay. And generational abuse can end with one person. This man's abuse with our family ended with me because I decided not to be quiet and I decided to protect the people that I loved while putting myself in a vulnerable situation. And I stayed silent for nine years. You know what's crazy about that? Like, what was it in my last episode? Not the last episode, but it was the other one where I talked about, like, 
your own personal toxic trait could be like not speaking up, like not talking about things that are on your mind and how you feel and addressing something that you're uncomfortable with, like even certain topics that like like this, like so many people are accustomed to just staying silent because they feel like maybe if I stay silent, it's not going to stir up the pot. It's not going to stir up a problem. But then you don't even realize one thing that comes out of your mouth, how much you could possibly be saving. Like you don't know if, you know, your grandfather, let's say if there were younger kids that he was around, like if he can do it, pass on, like if he was accused in the past and he obviously did that to you, like imagine if you didn't say anything at all. And then let's say, you know, God rest your sister's soul. But like, let's say if she had children and he was around them and they got older enough to where, you know, six or seven, because you said you were how old when that happened? Six. I was six. You were six years old. Mm -hmm. Like, imagine that happening. Yeah, like, imagine if that happened to them and then you didn't say anything. Because then, like, you'd feel kind of like a burden. You feel like that would be, like, that was your fault because you didn't speak up now. Now another child in your family is being sexually abused and mistreated. All, like, it's crazy because even that, it's, like, in itself could really hinder you as a person and make you feel like, oh, my God, like, I could have prevented this. I could have stopped this. Yeah. But, you know, not saying anything, not speaking up on it. Like, it's so important to speak up on what you feel and what's going on. Like, always... I always like I mean when we're whenever me and you have conversations like I always tell you like if you're not comfortable in a situation always speak up for yourself like don't sit there and hold that shit back like don't have a filter like I understand sometimes you know (laughs) having no filter can get me in trouble (laughs) but like still like it's so important to speak up on the things that are bothering you because if you don't listen closed mouths don't get fed exactly 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 and I agree completely with what you're saying like the biggest thing, like when I was thinking about what I was going to say, a big thing that I iterated was to tell your truth. When I came out about what happened to me, I was already 13. Mind you, this happened to me when I was six. I was nine years of staying quiet, nine years of carrying that pain around with me. And my grandfather was a pastor. So of course, when I came forward about my story, the biggest thing that I was told was, well, he's a man of God. Mm -hmm. He wouldn't do that. He's helped so many people come to God. He's touched so many souls. And I remember thinking he's touched so many souls Mm -hmm. and with those same hands has broken so many souls. And I was not believed by a very big majority of my family. My grandmother probably still doesn't believe me to this day. But I want to say that whether you're believed or not, you say exactly what happened to you the best way that you know how. You tell your truth. I was told at a young age after after what happened to me as an adolescent, I was told that I shouldn't say anything about it. That's a secret that I should keep to myself. It's something that I should take to my grave and only share with the person that I marry. And whereas I understand that the person that told me this had great intentions, I could not disagree more. When you come forward about something that happens to you, especially when it's rape or sexual assault, it changes a part of you. It helps you start to release that pain that you hold. It did for me. 
finally being able to say this happened to me and finally being able to tell the people around me that this is what's going on with me. This is why I act the way I act now. This is why I started to spiral when this man came to visit years after. And it changed everything. It changed everything for me. I understood how important it was to tell my truth. I understood how important it was that no matter what anyone told me, I needed to stick to my story and I needed to tell it the best way that I could. Not allowing anyone else to tell a story that's mine. Yeah, like, I mean, if you don't mind sharing this part too, because, like, I mean, from the age of six, like, your brain... Like, I mean, your brain doesn't fully develop till what? Like, till you're like 21 20. as a woman. I think it's 21. But, like, your mind is still developing. You're still trying to process things. You know how kids who have been raped, who have been molested, how they kind of project what's happened to them to other kids. Mm-hmm. Like, that's always the biggest ringer. Like, yes. that's like anybody that's had a situation where they've been molested, they kind of, they try to make sense of what happened to them when they were young. Because, like, my mom, she was raped by her stepdad when she was six going on to 12 so that was six years of silence that was six years of her not saying anything because that man threatened her he threatened that he would kill her mom if she told a soul and it's crazy because my mom's her abuser literally was um oh my god what was I gonna say he was accused by other children too of molesting them so it's like i feel like when there's a group of people that are pointing the finger at the same person like that kind of gives like a boost of confidence to be like okay i'm not the only one that this is happening to like there it's it's happening to other people around me and it kind of gives especially from like the age of 12 or 13 like when you finally spoke up you're more what's it like the frontal lobe well that's your thing that's kind of like your thinking process of things i'm trying to remember jesus off the top of my head that's like anatomy i should know this it's like the prefrontal like like, yeah so like that part of your brain is developed to the point where it's like you're you're digesting everything that just happened to you like you're all that memory is coming right like flooding right back to you so now you're you have no choice but to address it because now you're you're expressing it it's coming out of your actions unwillingly like sometimes you ever ask yourself like when you were younger like when you were around 13 like why am i asking like why am i spiraling like this you know i mean i don't necessarily feel that i ever really thought that there was anything out of the normal with my behavior i knew that i was in pain but i didn't necessarily see anything out of the ordinary with my behavior until my mom pointed it out and she was the one who sat me down like when I finally told my mom about what happened to me the conversation was she told me she said I know you you're my child I gave birth to you and the way that you've been acting isn't you my grades were going down I was talking back to my parents and like I'm sure that any Latina can relate to this you don't talk back to your mom okay (laughs) you don't do that unless you're trying to lose all your teeth you do not do that and let me tell you I was suicidal or something because I was going at it and the same thing with my father and as a child like I started around the time my abuse was was occurring I started to draw pictures of different body parts I drew pictures of breasts I drew pictures of 
a woman's body and it might have been my way of trying to reach out to my parents to tell them them. but at the same time because I am such a people pleaser because I am so type a Mm -hmm. even throughout my abuse in my life there were not a lot of signs there were virtually no signs that anything was even happening to me which honestly it leads me into my next my next um experience with this which was when I I was molested as an adolescent when I was in first grade I was molested by my uncle's stepbrother and mind you at this point I had not said anything to my parents and I barely even understood what had happened to me at my grandfather's house and not even a couple years after escaping his abuse falling into another such falling into another similar situation Mm -hmm. was so confusing and so detrimental to my growth at that point in my life and he is one of the perfect examples of how people who sexually assault people people who are molesters don't stop oh yeah there's a pattern in each and every one of them because the only reason that he even got caught was because he raped the neighbor (laughs) and she was only a little bit she was very much older than me she was 15 and i was nine i was in like first grade about and finally when the neighbor came when the neighbor came forward about what happened to her she had told her mom they reported it and then detectives came to our house mind you this boy he was only 17 and i won't say that he had a perfect life because he didn't so he was like 17 when he he was 17 yes he was 17 when he molested me and And i was nine my uncle was maybe Oh, but it was his stepbrother. It was his stepbrother, okay. yes. So that makes sense. Like, he was obviously younger. Because that would yes. have been, like, triggering, like, if a grown freaking man... No, it was... Yeah. He was younger. And he definitely was behind in his maturity. He had had a very rough upbringing. I have to say that, like... Uh, like I said before, like, even with, like, a rough upbringing, like, that will never excuse any person exactly. putting their hands on you without consent. Exactly. Like, I don't give a fuck how fucked your childhood was. Like... We've all come from shitty backgrounds. I mean, at least the most of us. Like, you know, if my listeners are out there, you've come from, like, a situation that's just really screwed. Like, nobody, like, uh, like, I don't, I don't believe, like, there's bad people. It's just people who make bad decisions. But it's, like, everything's a choice. You make choices. Like, I, like, one way or another, you know when you're doing something that's wrong, when you're doing something that's bad. But, like, sometimes the people are very, like, they're sociopaths. They don't they don't have any emotion to what their actions are doing. They don't feel any remorse. And that's scary. It like, is. not ha- like, not ha- like being, like, confrontational with someone who has no remorse for what they did for you. Mm-hmm. Like, that's why I always say closure is the scam. Like, even trying to come face-to-face and try to, you know, confront your attacker or your abuser sometimes those type of people don't even they don't even care they don't like all right whatever or they gaslight you oh my god they're like oh that never happened that never like what are you talking about like try to make you feel as if like that was a false reality like that never occurred at all you're completely making this up in your head or you're purposely starting things like i'm like i don't want to interrupt like your story but i want to add some to this too because like you know like i said I asked for this, like, this is, like, a woman's rape story, and I wasn't raped, but I was, I, there was an attempt of a sexual assault on me that happened to me when I was 17 years old, and it was my cousin's, uh, baby daddy, like, her boyfriend at the time, 
and my cousin was pregnant and I was at her house sleeping over and the reason why I was spending the night at her house was because she wanted me to do her makeup before her baby shower so I was like okay no worries no problem I've been to her house before and you know I was sleeping on the couch and it was in the middle of the night and she kind of she told me kind of that her boyfriend was like snorting cocaine and he drank like a 12 pack of freaking coronas and shit so he was like double-sided like with alcohol and like hard drugs so but still this doesn't excuse what the fuck he attempted to almost do so my my story is fast (laughs) so pretty much he i was sleeping in the in the living room on the couch and i hear him come out of the bedroom and kind of sit next to me and i'm half asleep right and all of a sudden, I feel hands in my hair, like kind of like stroking, like, you know, kind of like brushing my hair out of my like out of my face and stuff, kind of like grooming my hair. Mm-hmm. So I'm like half awake and I'm like, what the fuck is going on? And I see him and he's just like mumbling words. Mind you, this man knew me because my cousin was dating him when I was 13 years old. No, not 13, 12, because that's when I moved in with my aunt, when me and my mom, because like me and my mom were homeless and we were living with her best friend at the time we had moved in with my aunt because you know we were house hopping like that shit was rough growing up like not having a home to really call it like I didn't have my own room until I moved out when I was 19 years old I did not have my own set of like my own my own space so like so I was spending the night you know he was grooming my hair and shit talking under his breath like part of what I remember was him saying you know I've known you for so long since you were a little girl and you like you grew up in so, so such a beautiful woman like I like it's crazy this will never like I swear to god your assault or even attempt will never leave your mind like it will that will never seize any any memory of mine because when I heard him say that but the thing that I heard clear as day though is him saying I want to smash and I've, like obviously like as 17 year old like you know what that means like I'm trying to fuck and I get up like I kind of you know like sit up and I'm like what did you say and he's like I want to smash girl when I tell you my freaking heart dropped I was so scared for my like for everything that I had like in that moment I really thought like this man can pin me down and have his way with me and my cousin's in the other room knocked out asleep like when you're pregnant your your sleeping schedule is different like nothing wakes you up and my cousin is already hard as fuck to wake up when before she was even pregnant so like in my heart I'm like this is a wrap like this is I'm 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 facing there there's a possibility that I'm probably gonna get taken advantage of like this man is gonna he's gonna sexually assault me and before like that fight or flight kind of just kicked in like I stood up after he said that and I ran to my cousin's room like hauled like hauled ass to her room and he ran in front of me and that shit scared me even more because I really thought that he was gonna try and like have me like stop me at the door and trying to like pin like trying to push me back into the living room and you know keep me quiet put his hands over my mouth all that stuff like that was running through my mind and you know oh I'm like shaking because like just like having that like going through that memory all over again and I ended up it's crazy because this fucker knew what he was doing too like he ran into the room where my cousin was at and tried getting back in the bed with her and like tried faking waking up as if like I just ran in there and just was acting frantic and acting crazy like 
But then I told my cousin about it and, you know, she ended up punching him in the face. He ended up calling the cops on himself. Like, it was fucking insane. Like, that whole situation was, like, it was totally, like, fucking off the wire. So then my cousin, after he leaves and stuff, she's like, can you please not tell anybody about this? And me being 17, I was like, you know, okay. Because she was like, I don't want to cause any issues. He's the father of my child. You know, you know, he's known the family for so long. Like, I don't want, I don't want grandma and grandpa and my mom and the family having like a bad, like looking at him with like a bad impression and stuff like that. And so me at the time, you know, being the people pleaser I, I was, I was like, all right, fine. I won't say anything. And I didn't say anything for three three months I think yeah three months and when I finally did speak up I told my other cousin her sister about it because they were on my cousin and uh, her sister were both on the phone and my cousin the one that told me well like I said I don't want to say names in this podcast because you know it's you know but my cousin was just saying a lot of reckless shit to my other cousin and that kind of just made me all of a sudden just want to tell what tell them what happened so I tell my cousin, I'm like, you know, before her baby shower, her boyfriend did this to me. My cousin was livid. Like how a normal family member that's hearing this would react. She was so mad. She ended up calling my cousin back again and was like, how the fuck would you let that man touch our little cousin like that? Or even put her in like that that predicament. Like what the fuck is wrong with you? Like, And how do you tell her? to not say anything like what the actual fuck is wrong with you like my cousin was livid she was pissed and like I said I was living with my with my aunt so when my aunt and her wife came home my cousin wanted me to tell them what happened to this day like I don't hold any remorse to my family but like I said just because they're your family does not mean you need to have some type like you need to have some type of level of respect for them or you have to be a certain like I don't know how to explain like you have to love your family because they're your family at the end of the day you know what I'm saying like man blood is not thicker than water I don't give a shit I've had friends that were in my life that did more for me than my own fucking family has done for me so my aunt and her wife get home and I'm crying at this point because like I didn't realize how much that really took a toll on me of not saying anything because like I really put that that memory what happened that experience in the back burner of my of my head and I can only imagine how the fuck I would have felt if he would have pursued that like if he really would have taken advantage of me you know I just I don't even like thinking about it because just the thought of it like it it makes my skin crawl like not like having a man have control over your body and you just feeling helpless like having anybody anybody who's not you anyone that you haven't consented to having control of your body it's such a it's a degrading feeling it's something that you almost it's so hard to explain but I know that anyone who's been through it understands exactly what I'm trying to get at Mm -hmm. and it's that you're people always say the one thing you always keep to yourself like your private minds, mm-hmm. that goes along with your body. Right. Keeping your body under your control, keep giving it to whom you please and mm-hmm. taking it from who you please is yours. It's yours to keep forever. And it's extremely difficult when you have to share something like that with people you don't even know I sometimes. When I, 
when I came forward about what happened with me, I was in therapy. Mm-hmm. And because my therapist is therapist, she was required to report exactly what happened to me. And having to go at 13 years old and explain. That's when I, was, that's when I started therapy, too. When exactly. I was, I was, let's see. I think I was 12 when I started therapy. Like, that was after my parents separated. And I was, like, because I was 12 when I moved in with my with my aunt and my cousins. But, like like I said, back, um, fast forward. So, my co- my aunt and my her wife come home. And I tell them, I'm in, like, I'm in shambles. And my cousin's like, you need to tell them what happened to you. I tell my aunt. And I explain to her what happened. Her wife comes around and she tells me, yo, ooh, this shit is going to piss me off again. She was like, well, obviously you weren't traumatized since you went back there. And I'm like, first of all, I went back there because, one, he wasn't there anymore. He wasn't living there anymore. And two, I went to go see the baby after they were born. So, but like, and then my aunt goes and turns around and says, you know, you're just stirring up drama. Like, how the fuck do you say that to your niece after she literally just told you that your grandchild, the father of your grandchild, like assaulted her like almost assaulted uh, like sexually assaulted her like this man knew me when i was 13 years old i was a fucking kid so like you can only imagine what was on his mind as i'm growing older you know my body is coming into shape and form you know i'm getting curvier you know like just shit like that like how this man was viewing me that sickened me because i'm like he fucking knew me when i was uh, when i was a kid you have the fucking audacity to sit there and tell me that I'm stirring up drama. Like, my aunt literally said that to my face. And not, like, you know, not even that long after when I told my grandparents, like, it was the day before I was I moved out of my apartment. Or not out of my apartment, out of my grandparents' house because I was living with them my first year of college. And I was upset because my aunt was just taking advantage of my mom. Like, she literally was just using my mom as just another way of money. So, you know, like, like I said, my mom, she was a rape victim. She was molested as a young child. So she even as an adult had issues like speaking up for herself, you know, standing up for herself. So me being me, I stood up for my mom and I went and was like, you know, that woman, I don't look at that woman like my like that. She's my aunt. After she sat there and told me after I had I addressed something that happened to me that potentially traumatized me because it did. I mean, I'm over it now, like. I don't sit with it in a way that like this affects me as a as a woman, but in that moment of time, I was still I was still a teenager. Like that still messed with me. So when this is going on and I'm fighting with my grandma and telling her like that woman is not my aunt. I don't give a fuck if she took me and my mom in when we had nowhere to go. Like the fact that she turned me away and told me that I was stirring up drama after I spoke up about a situation that I have not talked about in three months what this man could have possibly done and what he did do like how the fuck do you sit there and say that and then my grandma says you know you're just starting up drama all over again really like my trauma is a f- like that that's like you treat it like it's in- like an inconvenience like you don't want to hear about it and like i feel like that happens with so many like hispanic homes like when some shit fucking goes on like no that that's not my child like right and like my grandpa was the only like i love i will die for that man i swear to god my grandpa like that man is my heart and soul like he is my heart in human form i thank god for that man he was the only one that really like defended me and was like anna like what are you why are you saying that why are you talking to her like that and 
my grandpa, he was the first one that I opened up to about that again. Like after I told my, after I told my aunt, you know, I didn't talk about it after, but when I was living with my grandparents, I would always hang out with my grandpa downstairs. I would be doing homework. And one of those, one day I just opened up, I talked to him about it. And he's like, he calls up my grandma. He's like, listen to what your granddaughter just told me. And the fact that my grandma kind of just dismissed it, like she didn't care, like she didn't care that her own daughter sat there and said this to me. Like my grandpa was the only one that genuinely cared. Like he responded the way a fucking family member should respond to that. And I knew that triggered my grandma though, because when my grandpa was defending me and going against, you know, her daughter, because my grandma, like her first marriage was, um, she, like my dad and my aunt, the one I told you, they're, they don't have they don't have the same dad. So my grandpa is my dad's dad. Like my aunt and my dad have two different dads. So like I think my grandma just views my aunt in a different way. So my grandpa really doesn't. He's just her stepdad, I guess in a way. So I think that triggered my grandma when he was sticking up for me and going against her daughter and she had said to him she was like I'll divorce you right now. Like I told you don't ever don't speak to me about my child and shit. And I was like what the fuck like there's so much drama in my family like behind the scenes drama that I need to know about like that I learned as an adult and I'm like this shit is twisted as fuck Mm -hmm. but it's the simple fact that like when I opened up when I spoke up that's how my family responded to it and that them not in like really taking action and them showing like they don't care that makes you feel like shit as a fucking person I felt like shit I felt like my family didn't even fucking care that this happened to me, like, this is what, what occurred in my life as a young, like, as someone who was 17, and you're gonna tell me I'm stirring up drama, like, I'm stirring up the pot, like, like, I asked for this, like, this is what I wanted, like, what the fuck is wrong with you, but anyways, girl, we here for your story, so let's get into it. (laughs) I do want to add on to something that you said, I definitely, I was lucky enough to have parents who believed me, my mom when I told her about what happened to me and mind you this is her father and she didn't have a good relationship with her mom it was just her dad and I was so scared that she wouldn't believe me why would did you ever touch her as a kid she realized after I came forward from I after I came forward about my abuse Mm -hmm. my mom went through therapy and she realized that in a trauma response she locked away memories of molestation oh my god you see the mind is freaking crazy Mm -hmm. how it can just block that out and where you don't even feel it like you don't eat like it's like it never happened that that's a trauma response like holy shit and that's exactly what happened to her she locked it away locked it away in a box and until i told her my story in detail that's when it all came back i'm just truly happy to know that your mom was the that was the type of woman to side with you to believe you and not side with her own father because there's women out here there's children that told their moms what happened whether that was their boyfriend molesting them their husbands molest like their dads and them choosing the other person and not believing their child how the fuck like you're a fucking kid you're not even exposed to the freaking world yet where the hell would you like take that out or like make that up so vividly that you can't believe your child like that pisses me off so fucking bad whenever i hear stories like that where 
you know, my mom didn't believe me or she, she chose her man over her child. Like at that point, you don't deserve to have a child at that point. You really freaking don't because what kid would just make that shit up? That's explicit as fuck. If I heard that come out of a kid's mouth, you best believe I'm going to believe exactly what that child is saying. Like there's no, there's no excuse. And I definitely did get lucky. Unfortunately, a lot of survivors have to deal with family members not believing them or not choosing them. And I got lucky. I really did. I have two wonderful parents. My mom is the reason that I got through this. She pulled me out of this in every way a mother can. And my dad, too. When I came forward about what happened to me with my uncle's stepbrother, it was my dad who I told. And I remember that conversation. I remember the words that he told me where I decided to come forward. The words that my mom said and my dad said were almost identical. What my dad said to me was, you can tell me anything and I will never be upset at you for it. You can tell me anything and I will believe you. And he looked me in the eyes and I'm kind of getting a little emotional, but he told me, I'm your father. I will always be your first love and I will always choose you. Even if you're wrong, I'm always on your side because I was put on this earth to be your father. And then I told him, my mom, when she asked me, she said, I cannot help you if you don't tell me. But her saying that she wanted to, she wanted to help me, she wanted to be there, meant everything. And like, honestly, shout out to all the moms that are like that because it means everything when you have someone so close to you that says, I believe you and I'm here for you. You won't go through this alone. And I honestly believe that my parents walked through me with all of it. With that, with that being said, I am going to jump into a couple more things concerning my um, assault as an adolescent. Law enforcement did get involved. After the neighbor came forward, law enforcement came to our house. Detectives came and they spoke to my parents. Given, I didn't tell my dad until the day after law enforcement came what happened to me. And my dad definitely had to force it out of me. Like, that conversation that we had lasted a good long while before I finally told him what happened. And I was unlucky enough to not have any kind of justice as far as law goes. My grandfather is still free. Um, my uncle's stepbrother is still free. And my other attacker is also still free. But karma is real. And she's a bitch. Because... <laughs> She's a bitch. A couple years after my assault, I went to church with my mom and I saw a boy standing in the choir. Mind you, I had no idea what happened to this man. He just kind of disappeared. Like after law enforcement got involved, my mom put me in therapy and I never saw him again. And I saw a boy in the choir who looked just like him, just like him. And I swore on everything that it was him. I really did. I started crying, shaking, and I'm very young at this point. I'm very young at this point, and I had no idea what happened to him. And in my mind, he was there. He was there, and he was conveniently at the same place where I was. And, you know, I was a kid, so I was thinking, oh, it works like the way it works in the movies. He went to the church. He went to the church, and he's living there. And it was 
terrifying. It was so unbelievably scary. Even though I was in a church packed with people, my mother is right next to me. Seeing someone, whether it be your attacker again or seeing someone who looks similar to them, takes you to a completely different place. It's so, like, it triggers you. Still. It triggers me. And my mom even took me to a part of the church where I couldn't see his face and I could not stop crying. I cried through that whole service. And anybody who's gone to Spanish churches, they know how long those services last, okay? Mm -hmm. You're going to be there all day. The and I cried. The Pentecostal church I used to go to, I swear to God, I'd be there from like 11 to 4.30. Yeah, like they them, last. Them, them, they last for a minute. Let me tell you, they talk about God and they don't stop. And God is good. He is, he <laughs> is. And I cried through the whole service. And my mom told me after that service, she said, I was a kid, so she told me the very, very dumbed down version. And she said, when bad people do bad things, they come back to them. Really? And she told me that he was shot. He was shot. He was shot the in the head. The stepbrother? Yes. He, he died. At, he died on his 18th birthday. Wow. God, man, let me say, let me say one thing, man. God, do not play about His children. Like, don't, as I always said in my last episode, don't try to get your lick back with people who did you wrong, who assaulted you, any of those things. Like, it's not worth it. Where you're sitting right now, sit, be still, because I promise you, the people that betrayed you, the people that did you wrong, whatever the hell to make the case may be, it always comes back around. Mm -hmm to bite them in the ass and like i mean it's unfortunate i don't believe i don't think god would just rightfully take somebody's life away from them but obviously he must have been walking with the devil yeah. and the devil the, the three main components of where he the devil killed. wants you damn he, he's coming there to destroy damage and kill you mm -hmm. so obviously the, the devil just came around and did his work that's all he he died due to his own actions. He was killed. It was a hit and run. And he was killed because he molested a drug dealer's daughter right after he molested me. Wow, that's insane. And he died. He died in the middle of the street on his 18th birthday. And it's a shame. It is. But, I mean. You know, like, I don't wish death on anybody. Like, I don't wish the worst. Like, you know what my toxic trait is? <laughs> There's, like, this trend that was going on TikTok. And my toxic trait is I'll never wish I'll never wish the worst on someone who's did me wrong. Like I'll always I want you to eat. I want you. To, I want good things for you because at the end of the day, me holding this negative thing in my heart is not gonna. It's not gonna do me any good. It really is not. Like when you're holding all that anger, all that hatred in your heart for somebody else, that's just taking away time that you can be possibly focusing on things that could be productive, that can be better for you, that could be, you know producing something out of you that could be potentially good for you and like just pr like bring you a positive outcome i don't see the point in wishing the worst on someone like no i i genuinely do wish people the best i wish my enemies the best i wish people who've done me wrong i wish you the best did me dirty all of that all all together like and for whoever's listening to this you know y what happened to you the people that have done you dirty anything that you've experienced in your life it's not it's not worth you losing yourself out of the hatred of like allowing all that negativity to consume you just being like i freaking i hope that they get their karma like 
either way, what you put in the universe will always come back to you. So if you're bad, bad things are going to happen to you. When you're good, good things are going to happen to you. I will preach that to the day I die because no matter what, of course, I want I want you to win. I want good things for you. I just don't want you sitting at my table anymore. Mm-hmm. You're not going to be in my life. My table is my life. You're not going to be a part of it anymore. And that's there it. There is nothing wrong with that. There is nothing wrong with forgiving a person and not, not wanting them to be in your life. I could forgive, but I won't forget. I'm exactly. Like, the disrespect doesn't expire. Mind you, I've forgiven my attackers, but that doesn't mean that I allow them into my life. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean that I allow what they did to me to stay in my heart and build a home. That's it. And he died and he got his karma and in a way it's the most secure feeling knowing that he can't get back to me because we're no longer on the same plane Mm -hmm. but even if we were the power that i hold the power that anybody holds that power is yours it's yours to keep and it cannot be taken away from you. It can't be taken away from you through a toxic relationship. It can't be taken away from you through a sexual assault. It can't be taken away from you from a rape. None of it. The power to be comfortable, the power to have your own peace lies with you. Like It's not something that can be given or taken. It's yours and that's it. So... Like how do my question is like how do you now like view yourself like after going through all of that like all that trauma all of that pain because I know that was so painful to like have to sit with yourself have to look at yourself in the mirror and sometimes like I feel like as victims we ask yourself like what did I do what like like did I ask for this did I do something did I present myself in a certain way in a certain manner that would give them the thought that this was okay that they could put their hands on me that they can do this to me like was this my fault and that it always starts with ourselves like we always ask ourselves like what did I do to deserve this like what could I have possibly presented of myself to like make a person think that I would that I'm allowing this I'm allowing this to happen to me but in reality we're not allowing this you were six years old when all of this started no one asked for that even into my um even into my older years it's never something that you ask for it's never something that you initiate in any way and to answer your question the way that I view myself is high I'm highly blessed and highly favored and if I could go back and change what happened to me I wouldn't because it's molded me into the woman that I am today it's molded me into the sexual being that I am today Mm -hmm. I even though going through all this I'm still able to have healthy sexual relationships with people I'm still able to love another person with my body and appreciate the kind of love that your body can give out and appreciate that it's mine Mm -hmm. and given going through that process there is definitely a point at time where you feel that you don't belong in your body you feel uncomfortable in your body and for a long time I viewed I would look at myself in the mirror and I would be disgusted a big response that I had was showering Mm -hmm. I would shower and shower and shower and scrub at my skin until it was raw trying Mm -hmm. to feel clean trying to 
erase that feeling off me, the feeling of them on my body. And I realized throughout these many, many, many showers that I didn't need to shower to be clean. Mm -hmm. I needed to heal. I needed to accept it, let it hurt, and then let it go or learn to live with it. And that's what I've done. I've learned to live with it. I've learned to live with what's happened to me. And the next experience I'm going to talk about is the biggest reason why I love this episode and I love the name of this episode, um, which was my rape as a young adult. This next part, I'm going to be detailed, so trigger warning. But (laughs) I, you know... I went through a bad breakup, so I was exploring myself. I was finding out what I liked. I was talking to different guys, and I spoke to one guy that I'd known in high school. He was a year above me, maybe two years above me. And he was a great guy. Like, he was good-looking. He made his own money. He was attractive. And it was the type of man that I felt that I wanted. It was the type of man that I felt that I wanted to involve myself with. And given I never wanted to be in a relationship with him, but I was like, you know, we could have something casual. We could have fun. Like, why not? And I texted him one night and I was like, hey, like, let's link. Like, let's hang out. Why? Like, you know, like we could vibe, we could smoke, chill. And he made it very clear to me what his intentions were from the beginning. But mind you, I made my intentions clear, too. We were on the same page. And he came to my house and we smoked. And mind you, at this point, I'd already been smoking for a year. I know when weed ain't weed. I know. <laughs> it smells weird. It tastes weird. You know that one. That's just lace. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what it was. It was laced. I don't know with what, but I know how I am when I'm high. Mm-hmm. And what I was there... I was not in control of my body. It was like being drunk. And yo, I think that's happened to me. Like, so my ex, he was a drug dealer, right? And like, he had these edibles. And bro, I swear to God, I, I literally only had fucking one. And it made me so sluggish. Like, I felt like I couldn't even get up. Like, I had no, I threw up. I felt like dizzy i felt not like nauseous i don't know what the fuck was it was an edible too and i looked at it it wasn't like a high dose or anything like that and i only took one and my i've done edibles before in the past so i'm just sitting here like what the fuck i mean i thank god that luckily my ex wasn't that type of person that's you know try to have his way with me when obviously i'm incompetent so yeah you know when some shit is not like i've smoked weed i know when weed is i know how i respond to it and that shit was not weed (laughs) and but we were in the car i'm thinking you know maybe i'm just a little too high like whatever and we end up going back to his house we're in his house his whole family's in his living room and we go to his room and then he play he starts playing music Mm -hmm. and Like, at first, I was into it, you know, and, like, I'm, like, okay, like, I can get with this. And then after a while, like, not even after a while, it maybe was a couple minutes into it. And we're doing our thing. Mm -hmm. And I'm not feeling good. And at that point, I tried to push him off me. 
And when I tried to push him off me, given he was a very big guy. Mm-hmm. So he just like flipped my body around and held my arms behind my back. And I literally, I was outside of my body. I don't know why this reminds me like the, you remember that episode of, uh, what was it? 13 Reasons Why when she gets raped. That's what was explicit as fuck. Like I, like I freaking watched it before they like cut out the one scene of her like slitting her wrists. Mm-hmm. Like I've seen that with my own two eyes. I was like, I, that should traumatize me as a kid. Like there, I think I was like sixteen when I seen that. When I saw that show, that show was crazy as fuck. But that that same thing happened to her. Though. Yeah, it's it's a very common trauma response. A lot of victims speak about feeling out of body, and I definitely did have that kind of experience. I it felt as if my soul had left my body, mm-hmm. and like you astral projected, and I was over watching what was happening to me. Mm. And that song that he played kept replaying. It didn't stop. And to this day, that song still triggers me. That same artist triggers me. And it's, I feel so bad because, like, not for nothing, but he be having some bangers. What fucking, what artist is it? It's Toosie. He has, like, this new song on, like, a TikTok trend. And it sounds like it's a banger. And I would, and I want to listen to it, but I can't. (laughs) And music, like bro, the song that it was was Love Cycle. Yeah, surf music is crazy. How that shit can trigger memories to you and just trigger you all over again. Like mm-hmm. I can, there's certain songs, bro. Like my ex, not that he, not that my ex traumatized me. It was the most recent one. But like I can't listen to certain songs because like I'd be ready to cry and shit. I'd be like, man, fucker. Like, it's the same. Like thing. why you gotta do me like that? Like we could have had something good. Man, we could have had something good. Mm-hmm. But you want to trade that off for a child? All right, let me know. <laughs> <laughs> but those kinds of things definitely do come up in everyday experiences. Mm-hmm. I that's why I don't listen to the radio anymore. Mm-hmm. Around that time that happened to me, that song Love Cycle was very popular. Mm-hmm. And I could not listen to the radio. No. And I want to be clear when I say that consent can be taken away at any point in time. Absolutely. It can be taken away during, before. It can be taken away at any point you in time. No. It was a casual experience. It was a hookup we both agreed to. Until the point where I tried to push him off me. When I tried to push him off me, my consent was taken away. And that's when a casual experience became a traumatic one. Mm-hmm. Consent can be taken away at any time. And do not let make do not let anyone make you think that it can't. Because it definitely can. Okay? If men can say it, if men can do it, women can too. Not to say that men aren't raped. Because they yeah. definitely are. Oh, oh my, it's not even my story to tell. Fuck. I'm going to tell the story, but it's not my story to tell, though. You know, to say the least, like, this doesn't go just for women. Like, men get molested, too. Men have gotten raped, too. And I think it's less, it's less spoken on because I think as a man, I think men feel worse when they're taken advantage of, like, by a woman, especially at a younger age, like, when they've been, when they've been traumatized, when they've been, been molested, like, if it's been by another man oh my god like that strips something away from that man that traumatizes something within that man when he's been molested when he's been touched without consent when he feels like he's having an out-of-body experience like this person just took advantage of me and like I'm supposed to be a man you know Mm -hmm. like I'm not taking any empowerment away from a woman 
but like a man like that happening to a guy I will always shed light on that too because your story as a man if you are a rape if you are a rape victim if you were molested as a child by whoever your story is just as important as a woman's story because you shouldn't be ashamed of what happened to you You shouldn't be you know embarrassed I I we get it like things happen out of our own control and as much as we want to sit there and be like damn like what did I do to like to ask for this or to deserve this it's not your fault and please if that is something that's happened to you if that if you've been molested as a younger child as an adolescent as a teenager as an adult you know rape is not okay not having consent is not okay like so you can say no at any time but don't be afraid to just speak out on that of what's happened to you because I know how hurtful and how triggering that possibly can be for you to really unlock that memory and like have like just even be back to that place like you ever like it's like you're living through a memory but you're feeling all that emotion the same way when you were in it like I know how triggering that can be so as a man going through that getting molested getting raped just having that right away like right taken away from your own body like oh my god oh I'm like shaking because like that triggers me mm-hmm. because this isn't just a woman thing this is a both gender a thing this thing. is a human fucking thing there's like oh like there's men out here raping other men there's re- men taking advantage of other men women taking advantage of men men taking advantage of women women taking advantage of another woman exactly it's not it's it's not gender based this goes both fucking ways people are fucking unhinged very like very there's something wrong with your mental state and like i always say hurt people hurt other people and a lot of people that are doing that are inflicting these you know these situations you know putting their hands on you physically abusing you sexually abusing you like obviously there's something that they that they've experienced in their past that they haven't done the healing they haven't done the inner work and i thank god for like whenever i hear people's stories of like what they went through in their testimonies and how they came out of that like that is so empowering like i really want you to be proud of the person that you are because you've gotten this far and that situation, you didn't allow yourself to be consumed up of that and become a very malicious person, just like your mom. Like, your mom, her coping mechanism was blocking that out, but her parenting skills didn't come along with it. Like, she didn't she didn't burden you with what, what happened to her. And a lot of parents that come from broken homes sometimes repeat the same actions, repeat general, like, you know, breaking generational curses, because if they don't break it, and they're, you know, putting that on top of you. That's such a burden to put on top of a child. And that can traumatize that child. Like, that that could give that child so many triggering things as they get older and trying to work through as an adult. You know, they're trying to heal their inner child, but they're still coming face-to-face with problems that they're still injured from their past. And it's a beautiful thing when, you know, I hear these testimonies and they come out of that situation strong and resilient and not allowing this what happened to them make them or make them into a bitter person because you know we're not bitter like i mean as christians i think that's the strength of god within us to not allow the evilness in this world to make us evil along with it exactly a big thing that god has blessed me with is the ability to love and the ability to forgive above all 
the forgiveness that he's given me, the forgiveness that he's taught me is what's gotten me through this. Um, circling back, I'm going to continue. And after what happened to me happened with him, I went home. I went home, showered, everything in between. And mind you, they recommend that you don't do these things after a rape because when you shower, you clean away all evidence. Mm -hmm. um, I think that's dumb. However, yeah, it is... Yeah, however, it's how the justice system works. And given, because this was a situation that I felt I had put myself in, I didn't even know if it was rape when it happened. Mm -hmm. I was so confused. Yeah. So I called a friend, and I, I called him sobbing, and I said, I don't know what happened to me, but I think something did. And when I told him, he invalidated the entire thing. Invalidated everything all of it he said well if he told you that he's going to prison in a way you're special to him you're the last girl that he's decided to be sexual with before going away what the fuck? and that's insane even a friend telling me she's like you know i don't know if it was rape but i think it might have just been like a really uncomfortable sexual experience let me let me say one thing because sometimes i think we validate our story two other people that we talk about it with and you were there right and i don't think anybody like no opinion no um, no amount of advice it, it, that's outside of a professional should tell you how the fuck you should feel about that situation like just point blank period ended like no one should tell you how the fuck you should feel or how you should how you should respond to that like that's why certain conversations i don't have with friends because if i feel something if there's something in my heart like yes it's okay to get a second opinion but I'm not here venting to you for you to tell me your fucking opinion of what happened to me. Like, I'm venting to you to get this out. But obviously, I have a self-evaluation that I need to do within myself to really stigma to the point of what the fuck just happened to me. And it was hard to be invalidated. It really was. It was hard to know in my heart and feel in my body that something had happened and not know what it was. Mm -hmm. It wasn't until I went to therapy later on and my therapist told me, she said, what happened to you was rape. And she explained to me that consent could be taken away at any time. And one reason why I love the title of this episode is because a big thing I told myself for a long time was I asked for this. I texted him. I suggested that we meet up. I was clear on what I wanted. I asked for this and I didn't. What I asked for was a casual hookup. Yeah, not something that would scar me. Mm -hmm. And given everything that has happened to me up until this point has happened for a reason. But I'm not saying that I could have not gotten to the point where I'm at now, the person that I am now, without these things. It just would have taken longer. They yeah. still would have gotten here. Exactly. With that being said, the biggest thing that I want to reiterate is your power. Your power is yours. It can't be taken away through a rape. It can't be taken away through any kind of experience. Mm -hmm. It's yours to keep. You can't even give it away. It's mm -hmm. yours. And even though each of these experiences has shaped me to think a certain way, to act a certain way, it's made me who I am. And in wanting to share my story, the more you talk about it, the more it loses power over you. The more that you voice your story, the more you stick at it, the less it holds on you. That's why after all these years, I'm able to speak about it. 
And one thing I've seen happen with even just me sharing my story is that when people share, other people do too. It's why I've decided to share my story now. Because if my story can help one person, then it's a story that needs to be told. Just to like wrap up this episode, I feel like, you know, the main reason why I do this podcast, the main reason why I want people to be a part of this and share their testimonies, share their stories, share their traumas, what's been going on. It's not to hinder you as a person, but it's to show like it's kind of like a self reminder. Like I went I went through all of this, but it didn't break me. It may have bent. It may have bent me but it didn't break me as a person. And, you know, again, like like you said, sharing your story, whoever's listening could possibly get that, feel inspired and feel motivated to be like, you know what, this is my power, this is my story, and I'm not going to allow another person that did this to me define who I am. I'm going to speak out. I'm going to speak up about what happened to me and do something about it instead of sit around and not do anything. But, you know, I truly am so thankful that you were here today. You know, you shared your story. And it's so empowering, too, like, to hear another woman, what she's been through, what has happened, and to see a woman thrive and just claim her power, claim her resilience, not be defined by what happened, and overall just make it known that whatever the case may have been, she did not ask for this. No woman asks to be attacked. No woman asks. Like, I don't give a fuck if I'm wearing a short skirt. My, I'm revealing myself. Like, like you know. But I'm saying in general, like people be like, oh, well, maybe if you didn't dress a certain way, maybe if you didn't act a certain way, maybe if you didn't put yourself in such certain situations. I don't care if there's no consent. You don't go out outside that boundary. I don't like it's crazy to me how like I have to put myself out there in a certain way to get responded with an an attack like like rape is something I asked for I mean the streets aren't safe as it is for a woman you know it's terrifying to even I don't even go to Ebor like if you live in Tampa I don't go to Ebor I don't go I, I don't even go out anymore because I realized truly how fucking unsafe it is like people getting snatched up off the roads, just all that combined, you know, it's not safe to be a woman and it's not safe to be a man either. Men, man, listen, men out here be getting abused too. It's crazy. It, it goes both ways, you know, but the reason why I encourage people to be a part of this podcast, to talk about their stories, to embrace what's happened and, you know, show that powerful side of themselves to remind themselves like, you know what, this has happened to me. But I am more than my trauma. I am more than my anxiety, my depression, what's happened. I'm more than that. And I'm better than that. I'm not going to become this person and reflect in such an angry, malicious way when that's not who I am. Like, that's not what makes me who I am. That doesn't encapsulate my being and my heart. Because your heart is your power. I swear on everything I love. My heart is my power. The way I love people, the way I care for people, I know I leave my mark on people. One way or another, you will never forget about me. I am a very hard person to forget. You're going to be 10 years from now after you met me one time or you've been in my life for a short amount of time. You'll always remember me. My words will always stick with you. And whether I use this platform to push awareness, sexual, you know, sexual assault, 
rape, abuse, all of those different topics that are triggering for people that it's hard for them to speak up on. I want this platform to be used as a safe space, as somewhere where you hear these stories, you hear these testimonies, and you see for yourself, like, you know what, I'm not alone. Like, it, it only takes one one person to light up a room for someone else to make them realize, oh my god, like, you you might have just unlocked something just by speaking about this to someone who possibly could have just blocked it out with them themselves. Like, you really could have just done that, you know? And I want to be, like, I definitely want to thank you for allowing you, for allowing me to use your platform as a way to tell my story. It's, weirdly enough, I was just looking at this today, April is Sexual Assault Awareness Month. Mm -hmm. This is the perfect month to release this episode, Mm -hmm. and I want to thank you for allowing me to share my story, allowing me to give my testimony. And I want to say, like, my DMs are always open to anyone who needs to talk about it, anyone who has questions even. I'm open to that. And I'm open to helping another person come to terms with something as heinous Mm -hmm. as sexual assault. Yeah. And And I'm going to drop her Instagram in the description box, too. And... I'm really glad to be here and to have shared my story and to have it heard. No, so thank you. Of course. You know, that's what the mind of the matter is for. <laughs> but all right, guys, thank you so much for listening to this episode. Again, I truly do hope that this episode has helped you in some certain way, some shape or form. If you've been through sexual abuse, if you've been raped, if you've been molested, I hope that this episode has supported you and given you that love and you know, response that you needed to show you that there is strong, there is strength within the the conflict of your life, the things that has happened to you. But just know, we're always going to talk about these topics and I will see you back on the next episode. Thank you guys so much for joining in on the Mind is the Matter podcast. I hope this episode along with every episode is bringing you closer to your inner peace and supports you along your healing journey. If you're loving the vibe this podcast is bringing to you and want to stay up to date with upcoming episodes, please hit that follow button and leave a review so it can help me reach other potential listeners who are eager to get to the root of their true selves. Also, my DMs are open for questions at the Mind is a Matter pod, so go ahead and give that a follow as well to receive daily motivational quotes and updates on upcoming episodes. Continue to be patient with yourself along this journey and I will see you back here on the next episode.